Hello and welcome to The Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. Faithful Filipino valet Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with racketeers and saboteurs, risking his life that criminals and enemy spies will feel the weight of the law by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure, What a Life! The Green Hornet Strikes Again! Wartime accidents in this country are proving far too costly to the war effort. You can do your part very easily. Avoid unnecessary risks at work, at home, and in your automobile. When driving, observe all speed and traffic regulations. Be sure that your car is in safe operating condition. At all times, be ready to stop quickly for children who run into your path, or for other unforeseen emergencies that may arise, such as blowouts or skids. You can do your part as a pedestrian as well. Always make sure that streets and highways are safe before you cross. Over $5 billion was lost last year through home front accidents alone. So for your health's sake and the sake of your country, remember the ABCs of safety. Always be careful. And now, the Green Hornet. Rittman, assistant and former pupil of Professor Lowell, noted scientist, sat at his desk in a small office just off the laboratory at the State University. The desk lamp threw a limited circle of light over the notes upon which he was intently working, working so intently that he failed to hear the door behind him softly open and close. Suddenly, sensing someone in the room, he swung around and peered toward the door. Who's that? What's the idea of... You? Oh, why did you come sneaking in like that? Why didn't you... That gun. Why are you pointing it at me? Well, speak, man. Say something. So that's it. You found out I know too much. You figured I'm not playing the game your way, huh? (laughs) Well, you're right. I made my decision a long time ago against you and your kind. Now, don't come any closer. You can't get away with this. Now, stay back, I tell you. I know you're bluffing. Get out of here or I'll...
can that be calling in the middle of the night? Yes. Hello. Hello, Reed. This is Mike Axford. Oh, you. <laughs> for two cents, I'd give you the bounce for waking me up so early. How do you expect me to get any sleep? So long as it's 8.30 a.m. Reed, how you expect to run a newspaper when you're home and in bed is more than I... Axford, why did you call me? Get to the point. Okay, okay. Well, you know that there murder that happened late yesterday? Sure. Sure. What about it? Reed, we got something really hot. You better hop on down here to the sentinel right away. Oh, hang up and let me get my rest, Axford. <laughs> you and your something really hotline. I've heard that one before. I'll see you later in the day. Now hold on, Reed. Hold on, suffering snakes. Don't hang up. I tell you, this is important. Well, you can take care of it, Axford. Oh, I'm busy dreaming, and I wish you'd stop phoning me in the middle of the night. Now, wait a minute, Reed, wait a minute. Here's Casey to talk to you. I'm waiting. Put her on. Hello, Mr. Reed. Good morning, Miss Case. What's eating Axford? Do you recall the story on Carl Redmond that we printed in the late edition last night? Yes. Investigation showed that he was reared and schooled in this country. Was Professor Lowell's most outstanding student became his trusted assistant and ended up by being shot down in his office last night. How's that for memory? Well, it's all right, except for one thing, Mr. Reed. Well, what's that? There was one year of his life unaccounted for, from August 1943 to August 1944. Oh, yes. He was in some sanitarium somewhere because of a nervous breakdown, so I understand. Well, that's what everybody, including Professor Lowell, understands, Mr. Reed. Well, so what? Well, listen, a girl, or I should say a United States Army nurse, has just come here to the Daily Sentinel, and she has definitely recognized Rittman from the picture that was in last night's Sentinel. What do you mean, recognized him? Well, she claimed she met Rittman during the latter part of June, shortly after the invasion of France. And at that time, he was an officer in the German army. Here's Reed now, Casey. Well, yes. Strange to say, I recognize him, even though I am only a secretary. <laughs> Good morning, Mr. Reed. Good morning. Good afternoon, it is, if you ask me. Nobody asked you, Axford. That nurse is waiting in your office, Mr. Reed. Well, come on, Miss Case. We'll see what the nurse has to say. Just wait till you hear, Reed. Axford, Mr. Reed told me to come in with him. Oh, so he did, so. Well, go right along in, Casey. I don't mind if Reed don't. Quiet. Oh, you must be Mr. Reed. Yes, I am. This is Lieutenant Olivia Hollis, Mr. Reed. I came right up here this morning to tell you what I know about Mr. Rickman. Please sit down, Lieutenant. Thank you. Uh, say, no. Is them little bars just like the ones the men officers wear? Forget the bars, Mike. Now, Lieutenant, what do you know about Rittman? Well, I've recently come back on furlough from active duty in Europe. During the invasion of France, four other nurses and myself were captured by the Germans. Two days after our capture, we were taken to the headquarters of the commanding German officer in that sector. I was acting as spokesman for the group. Lieutenant Hollis, I am Captain Rittman, commanding officer of this sector. I gave orders that you American nurses were to be well taken care of. I hope you have been comfortable the last two days. As comfortable as possible under the circumstances, Captain Rittman. May I ask why you've sent for us now? I sent for you to give you some good news, Lieutenant. Good news? Yes. We have a good many wounded of our own. We need nurses. German nurses, of course. One of our field hospitals was captured a few days ago by the American forces. Yes, I know. The main battle line is about half a mile back from here. 
I have arranged with the American officer in command of the lines in that sector for a transfer. Five of our nurses for you and your companions. A transfer? I don't understand. How could such a thing be possible I've made it possible, Lieutenant, by requesting a short truce. We will send you and the others toward the lines. At three o'clock, a ten-minute truce will take place, during which the transfer through the lines will be made. You and your companions must be ready to leave within the hour. And, much to our surprise, it really happened. All fighting stopped in that sector while they made the exchange. You see, Reed, didn't I tell you it was something mighty important? That dirty spy got what was coming to him. That he did. Wait a minute, Axford. Be quiet. Mr. Axford's mistaken. Captain, or I should say Mr. Rittman, since he preferred it, didn't deserve to die. At least, that's the way I feel about it. What do you mean by that, Lieutenant? A short time after I arrived in this city, Rittman approached me in a restaurant. Of course, I was shocked when I recognized him, but he asked me to let him explain. He told me of his childhood, boyhood, and college days here in America. He was proud to live here. Proud of being an American. Well, if he was American, how could he be in the Nazi army like you said he was? Quiet, Axford. Go on, Lieutenant. His parents were born in Germany and brought him here as a baby. Rippon was, of course, a naturalized citizen of the United States. I see. A few years ago, his parents went to visit relatives in Germany. The war broke out, and they were not allowed to return. Meantime, Rippon's reputation as a promising young scientist spread. One day in the spring of 1943, a man came to see Rittman at the university laboratory. I made certain Professor Lowell was out before I came in to see you, Rittman. What I have to say is very confidential. Well, what did you come to say, Mr. Schiller? Rittman, I came here to tell you that your country needs your services. Your real country, Germany. So that's it. Get out of here and stay out. You'd better listen to what I have to say. I've heard enough. In fact, this gun will keep you here while I phone the authorities, Schiller. Wait. You'll be sending your parents to their death, Whitman. What do you mean by that? Put that gun away. And listen to me. I'm listening. You've been watched with interest. We need your knowledge. Unless you agree to do what we want you to do, Whitman, your mother and father will both be put to death as relatives of a traitor. No. No, you wouldn't. Yes. But not if you agree to serve your fatherland. What? What do you want me to do? Well, now you are coming to your senses, Ritman. In a day or so, I'll return and tell you our plans for you. Until then, you'll keep all this to yourself. Remember, not a word to anyone. Rittman was forced to pretend his nerves were shattered. He asked for and received a leave of absence, presumably to enter a sanitarium to recover. Instead, they smuggled him out of the country and sent him to Germany. Is that it? Yes. He was commissioned and sent into France to set up and take charge of robot bomb installations. Well, what do you know about that? Well, what about his returning here? Rittman told me that just after the invasion started, he learned his parents were already dead. He helped us nurses because his sympathies were with America. His chance came when he was called to general headquarters and told Professor Lowell was working on a secret weapon and that he was to be sent back to take up his work as assistant for the purpose of getting information for the Nazis. Evidently, he refused to go through with it. Yes. He intended instead to get all the information about the Nazi spy ring here and turn it over to the FBI. 
He waited too long. They murdered him. I'm sure of that. Why haven't you gone to the FBI with this story? I did, last night. They're going to investigate, but I thought the Sentinel should have the facts since I feel Ripman was a real American at heart. I'm glad you came in with your story. Well, let's hope the FBI investigation leads to something. I hope it does. I'll be in the city a few days longer. I'd like to see the murderers caught before I leave. Sure, and I wish I could get a line on them. Believe me, I'd get a scoop for the Daily Sentinel. <laughs> and then maybe we'd get time off to attend your funeral, expert. Ah, there you go. Always belittling Casey. <laughs> Say no, uh, Miss... Uh, I mean, uh, Lieutenant Hollis... I was just wondering... Uh (laughs) Wondering what, Mr. Axford? Well, uh, if maybe I could talk to you a bit more. Uh, That is, uh, you might think of something that would uh, give me a clue, sort of. Now, if I could take it to dinner, maybe... Of course, since I don't know anyone in this city, it would be nice to have company at dinner. Even if I can't give you much help, Mr. Axford. Thanks, Lieutenant. That's a good idea, Mike. I can assure you that you'll be safe with Axford, Lieutenant. I'm sure I will, Mr. Reed. Well, I'll run along now. I'm stopping at the Midtown Hotel, Mr. Axford. Come by about six. And I hope I can think of something more that'll be of help in tracking down the killers of Mr. Ritten. Schiller. What is it, Mark? That girl, the army nurse Whitman was meeting. What about her? She's at the Daily Sentinel right now, probably shooting off her mouth. At the Sentinel, huh? That's right. And if Whitman told her about us, Schiller, she may start a hunt for us. Yes. Whitman fooled us for a while by letting us think he was using her to get information. Too bad we didn't suspect him sooner. I don't like the looks of things. We got to do something. We will, Mark. We'll keep undercover until this afternoon. Then we'll carry out a plan I have in mind. A plan isn't going to... Now, don't be nervous, Mark. We won't have a thing to worry about. I promise you. We'll continue our Green Hornet adventure in just a moment. Letters are life to men on the battlefront. And V-mail letters always get through. What's more... They get through faster because V-Mail goes by air. It has priority over all other types of personal mail. You're assured of prompt, dependable delivery when you write V-Mail. And here's another important point. When you use V-Mail, you save precious cargo space, which can be used for the tons of equipment that must be delivered to Allied battlefronts. So start writing V-Mail right away and address your letters completely and correctly to avoid delay in delivery. Use V-Mail today and every day, from now until victory. And now, back to the Green Hornet. Michael Axford returned from his appointment with the Army nurse, Lieutenant Olivia Hollis, and entered Britt Reed's office in a state of subdued excitement. Well, Axford, that was a quick dinner. 
It isn't seven o'clock yet. Sure. And it turned out to be no dinner at all. That it did. Well, what happened? Reed, when I went to the hotel to meet Lieutenant Hollis, the clerk told me he saw her leaving with two men. Now, what do you think of that? Oh, stood you up, eh? Now, listen, Reed. <laughs> listen. Don't you remember what she said in here today when I asked her to go with me? Well, what? Well, she said she don't know anyone in the city. That's why she'd go to dinner with me. Yes. Yes, I do remember, Mike. I called Sergeant Headquarters and told him what I thought, Reed. But I got laughed at. He said I was sore at being stood up by a date. I see. Just what do you think about it, Mike? Well, I ain't as dumb as I look, Reed. That I ain't. And to my way of thinking, them two guys weren't friends at all. That army nurse was being kidnapped by a couple of spies. That's what I think. And she'd be murdered. After voicing his suspicions to Britt Reed, Axford left with the intention of persuading the police to start a hunt for Lieutenant Hollis. Meantime, Britt Reed stood before an open file case in his office, going through its contents. For once, I think Axford had close to the truth in regard to that army nurse. Now, let's see. Here's the confidential material I want. Seems to be a newspaper publisher. Lots of confidential items are available in such a case. This report on Professor Lowell's work, for instance. I'll take this information to the apartment with me. Then I think Cato and I will have a bit of work to do tonight. And the sooner, the better. A short time later, Britt Reed was at his apartment, talking to Cato, his Filipino valet and the only person knowing his identity as the elusive Green Hornet. You bring up many points which make me think you have definite idea about whole case, Mr. Britt. I have, Cato. Also, I agree with Axford's theory that Lieutenant Hollis was not with friends when she left her hotel. Well, army nurse in great danger, perhaps. Yes, but the authorities are skeptical about Axford's story. Therefore, if quick action is needed, the Green Hornet will have to strike. When we start, Mr. Britt? Right now. And we'll start with a quick look-see into Rittman's files. Come on, we've got to work fast. Professor Lowell was in the university laboratory gazing intently at the drawing on the table before him. Suddenly, the stillness was broken by a noise in Rittman's office. Well, someone's in Rittman's office. I'll take this flashlight and see who it is. Who's there? A mask man. The Green Hornet. Right. Clumsy of me to knock a book off the desk. What are you doing here? You've been going through the files, I see. How did you get in here? Through that window, Professor. And I'm leaving the same way. Good night. Wait, come back here. I'll call the police. No telling what that criminal was after or what he took. I should have... Hello? Police headquarters? This is Professor Lowell. I just surprised the Green Hornet in the office of my murdered assistant. Yes, yes, a few minutes ago. He got away. That's right. And in my opinion, if you catch the Hornet, you'll have the man responsible for killing Rippman. This secluded place to stop... But why you want to stop, Mr. Britt? There was nothing in Rittman's files. Evidently, the police got there first. 
But I picked up this small telephone pad, Cato. I want to look through it under the dashboard light. Oh, not many numbers there. I didn't expect to get anything from the numbers anyway. I thought maybe he might... Look here, Cato, see? Written on the back of the cover. Oh, funny word. C-O-M-E-R-G. The commerge. It not makes sense. It certainly doesn't mean anything as a word in any language. Well, perhaps it code word, maybe. It could be, and yet I... Wait. I noticed there's six letters, Cato. Yes, but... Most phone numbers in town have four digits. The C and the O might stand for the exchange for the purpose of dialing. Oh, that very logical idea. C-O, maybe Cornwall. The other letters would be the digits on the dial. Get going, Cato. Stop near a drugstore and we'll see what we get out of it. Hurry. see what comes of it. See, what was that name Lieutenant Hollis mentioned? Uh, uh, Schiller, that's it. The agent would went to pass it. I'll ask him. Now to see what happens. Hello? Let me talk to Schiller. Now, wait a minute. It's you, Schiller. Who is it? Boss, I don't sound like him. Must be one of our agents. Otherwise, how would he be able to call this unlisted number without the code word? Yeah, that's so. Give me the phone. Hello, this is Schiller. I've got some dope you could use for a price, Schiller. Who are you? The Green Hornet. The, the Green Hornet? How did you get this number? Skip the questions. If you want to make a deal, say so. If not, maybe the FBI would... Uh, if you have something worthwhile, perhaps we will pay you for it. Now you're talking sense. Where shall I come with it? Come here to our hideout. An old stone house at First Street and West Avenue. In the basement. Uh, come to the side door. It will be unlocked. You can come right on in. I'll be there shortly. Shelly, you crazy? Telling the Green Hornet to come here and just walk I in? I know what I'm doing, Mark. We'll sit and wait. With drawn guns. As soon as that door opens, we both shoot. And we'll clean out the files and call the police. They'll come here and find the Hornet dead. And what are the army nursing there? We leave her bound and gagged till we settle with the Hornet. Then finish her off before we go. <laughs> the Green Hornet will take the blame for her death. And we'll collect the reward for his capture from the Daily Sentinel. Meanwhile, Professor Lowell also received a phone call. Professor Lowell speaking. This is Griff Reed of the Daily Sentinel, Professor. Oh, yes. Uh, what can I do for you, Mr. Reed? We received information late this afternoon about a Mr. Schiller who is known to have had dealings with Rittman. Did uh, you ever hear your assistant mention such a man? No. No, I never did. Schiller, huh? I've never heard of him. What uh, connection would he have had uh, with Mr. Rittman, do you know? Between you and me, Professor, it's thought that Schiller might have murdered Rittman. Also, Schiller's said to be a Nazi agent. A Nazi agent? Yes. And confidentially, his hideout is known, and it's my opinion he'll be picked up shortly. 
Well, I guess you can't give me any information about his association with Redmond since you didn't know about him. No, I'm sorry, Mr. Reed. So a man, a Nazi spy called Schiller, murdered my assistant. That's startling news, Mr. Reed. I certainly hope he's apprehended as soon as possible. I'm sure he will be, Professor. Thank you for talking with me. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mr. Reed. Hornet's taking his time about coming here. So what? We can wait. Someone coming now. Take good aim and shoot as soon as he opens that door. Schiller! Schiller! Look what we've done. He didn't have a chance, did he, Schiller? The, the Hornet, behind us. Yes, and you're both covered. You swine. You came in through a back window. Of course, Nazi. I suspected a trap when you told me the door would be unlocked and to walk right in. He's to blame for us shooting the boss. Yes, too bad. Your boss, Professor Lowell, was coming to warn you and get all the incriminating papers you have filed around here. Coming to warn us about what? That the police are coming here to get you, Schiller, for the murder of Rittman. Cops coming here? Right. You see, I tipped them off. They'll be here soon. It's a lie. I didn't kill Rittman. Lowell shot him. Sure, Rittman found out about the professor was really our boss. So Lowell had to get rid of him. We've got to get our stuff together and get out of here, Mark. The Hornet can't be a witness against us. They want him, too. The army nurse, she knows everything now. That's true. I forgot about her. I'll attend to her right now. Oh, no, you don't, Weasel. Uh, Use your gun, gun, Schiller. Nothing going on that gun. Then I'll use mine. Oh, yeah, and I'll use this table. Oh, my sins. I really did turn the table on you that time, sucker. Now a bit of this. (coughs) Yes, the gas gun. (coughs) I hear much shooting. You okay, Mr. Britt? In the pink fella. Lowell's badly hurt, but it's still alive. What of army nurse? Uh, She's probably uncomfortable, but safe in there. Go in right quick and take the gag out of her mouth. Then she can make a racket when the police come. I go quick like a flash. She'll be a witness against these punks. Please, don't make me hear like this, please. Is she able to make noise now? Come on, here come the police. They'll take care of everything. Hurry. make you suspect Professor, Mr. Britt? Lieutenant Hollis mentioned today that Professor Lowell thought Rittman was in a sanitarium the year he was really abroad. Now, it seems unlikely that being so close to Rittman in their associations, Lowell wouldn't know the location of the sanitarium and visit, or at least write to him during a whole year, or question Rittman upon his return at least. Oh, that's true. Also, Rittman was found sitting in his chair facing the door, two bullet wounds in his chest from very close range. I read that in Sentinel. As a point of psychology, it seemed to me that it must have been someone whom he knew very well. Someone whom he thought was bluffing. Otherwise, the natural thing to have done would have been to leap from the chair and put up a fight. I figured Lowell to be the logical one. Psychology and private information of Britt Reed. Big help to a green hornet. <laughs> and the activity of the hornet's a big help in making Britt Reed a tired playboy, kiddo. Step on a fella. I want to continue that sleep from which Axford so rudely awakened me this morning. Oh, what a life. (laughs) What a life.
right now there is and there will continue to be an urgent need for thousands and thousands of nurses' aides. To help relieve this situation is the patriotic and sensible thing for the women of America to do. The War Department has authorized the appointment of nurses' aides as paid civilian employees by any Army hospital where trained nurses are employed. Nurses' aides must be certified Red Cross nurses' aides. They must be accredited with a minimum of 150 hours of hospital service. As a nurse's aide, you will have a war job with pay according to civil service rating. All eligible women should write immediately for the Army Nurses' Aides booklet. Write to the Medical Division, U.S. Civil Service Commission, Washington 25, D.C. And be sure to listen to the Green Hornet next week at this time. These copyrighted dramas originate in the studios of WXYZ Detroit. All characters, names, places, and incidents are fictitious. Henry Stambaugh speaking. This is the Michigan Radio Network.